it's not often, Matt, that I loll out loud, but when I read Jeremy McMahon's, because I'm thinking, oh, somebody's got to come up like a really, you know what I'm like. I, yeah, I yeah. love a, a good pun. I love a good segue. Uh, Jeremy McMahon, <laughs> in accordance with the... <laughs> you can't even say it now. <laughs> With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud supporters of Brews News and of this specifically, which is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and it's a good morning to Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. How are you? Good. I'm sort of flying through the intro a little bit there because I uh, do appreciate that you're keen to get away um, for the first time in a long while, <laughs> having a weekend to yourself. Uh, it's been pretty busy. You've had um, now somebody has. I feel a little bit like um, Father Bear, who's been sleeping in my bed. <laughs> the um, the Pilsner Suite at the Casa del Kierkegaard um, has been usurped. Lucky I didn't need it this weekend, Matt. Well, because you've been. You, now, you've had, a, you've had a, a house guest. I have had a house guest. Uh, after BrewCon last week, which we'll talk about, Stephen Beaumont uh, wanted to... He had a couple of days at the, the end of it. He wanted to to see um, you know, a little bit of the rest of Australia. And uh, it's a big country. And uh, so because I've known Stephen for quite some time, he came to Brisbane and I was able to take him around southeast Queensland, but that involved staying a couple of nights here. And uh, I, I don't know how much of... Uh, you know of what goes on tour stays on tour um this is but he didn't actually sleep in the pilsner suite um Stephen, uh doesn't have children and we went to um stomping ground and uh while we were in melbourne and i was sort of saying how isn't it awesome that there are kids around and things like that and Stephen, family friends <laughs> and Stephen and pete brown both sort of going do you mind if we move tables <laughs> because there was a whole lot of children around and i think uh, you know, as is the case with people that don't have children, you don't necessarily want, you know, they, they are always worried that the uh, there is a pin that's been removed and one of them is going to go off. Um, and <laughs> they, they, they weren't very keen. So I thought, mm, given you often sleep in uh, one of my daughter's rooms, uh, putting someone who doesn't have teenage children in a teenager's bedroom probably isn't, uh, you know, might, might require a trigger <laughs> Do you think that warning. was just a cultural bridge too far? Yeah, well, I, I, I just... Wanted to be because it was host. it was Stephen's first trip down under, wasn't it? So for a well, lot to uh, Australia, not to New Zealand. It depends if New Zealand is considered down under. Well, it's Australasia. It's Australasia. It's, yeah. it's down under. It's under, and it's down. That's true. <laughs> but now look, he, he seemed to have a, a great time, and um, and hopefully did learn a lot about Australia. Look, coming down to something like Brucon, you are exposed to the best and brightest and the friendliest and, you know, you can't walk around for more than 30 seconds or so without having a beer thrust in your hand and, uh, you know, slap on the shoulder and tell me your story kind of thing. So um, he'll probably be looking for a holiday after this holiday, I would oh, imagine. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, he's got a long trip. And it's one of the things you realise when, you know, people like Pete or, um, who, who, or Stephen who do a lot of travel, and but then they still, still talk about how long a haul it is to Australia. But I guess we're just conditioned to know that if we want to go anywhere um, outside of, you know, Australia or New Zealand, it, it's a minimum eight to ten hour flight. So, and... Oh, and this from a country where, you know, you yourself, you know, you, you can drive eight hours from Brisbane and still be in the same state. Yeah. Um, you know, you get, <laughs> and still you not Europe, even be anywhere near through... the brewery from up here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on which direction you go, you could get a little bit closer, but well, I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly well, you will. Uh, in, in one of our other stories. We probably should get into the news, but... Um, well, uh, just big... before you do, so yeah, I'll just sort of, it, one of the things that you notice um, when you, you, you become very um, acclimatised to your own country and you become very... And, and it's when you look at something through the eyes of somebody else and it's a different culture, even though it's a European-style culture, as is Canada. It's, it's always interesting to, to look at the industry through somebody else's eyes. So it was a fascinating trip. And I'd, I'd put together a, a swing through Brisbane, visiting a couple of breweries. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of the challenges with breweries. There's only so many you can see and still stay upright and be responsible and, and, and those sorts yeah. of things. So I yeah. couldn't see everybody. But I tried to put together a nice selection of relatively um, tightly uh, located um, venues. And then thanks to our good friend, uh, Joshy Donahoe at uh, Sunshine Coast uh, Craft Beer Tours, um, he helped 
visit four breweries up on the Sunshine Coast. Then we had a meet and greet with brewers on the Sunshine Coast and then down to Burley and Bolter. And just for something a little bit different, I took him up to see the guys at Corumban Valley Brewing. And uh, I did... <laughs> It, it would, I'm, I'm glad I did because it was it, it provided. Because until you've until you've seen Smokey brewing out in a in a shed, you kind of go, well, you know what? You can brew just about anywhere. Right. You could say, in, in fact, you could say until you've seen Smokey. Um, <laughs> full stop. Yeah. Full stop there. <laughs> so Smokey and Luke, uh, they're characters, um, and you know Smokey was standing there, you know, with, with, with the Australian hat and the singlet and. Uh, uh, basically, you know, it had everything but the corks dangling from the hat. Um, and tried a couple, you know, we, we tried the bubblegum sour, which is the beer that has obviously blown up for them. And, uh, you know, good luck to him, Gab's beer. See what you did there. What did I do? <laughs> bubblegum, no, no, okay, yeah. Bubblegum, no. blown up. Completely yeah. unintentional. Um, but then he, he writes all his own material, folks. He, he, he does a mango sour and. Um, it was, you know, Smokey's basically saying, well, the mango tree's there, the lemon myrtle tree's there, it seems silly not to. And uh, when you're describing yourself as a farmhouse brewery, um, it, it was it, it was really nice to sort of see, particularly given Stephen's talk was very much looking at, he's so bored with the USA and uh, looking at trying to develop, you know, regionally relevant uh, yeah sense, sense of place within beer and using native ingredients rather than just copying other styles yeah yeah, yeah. so i bet it was great so it was a really really fun fun trip um we got down to byron bay saw stone and wood saw um the byron bay brewery which is probably actually is probably worth having a bit of a we, we might make that a late addition to the um to, to the show notes just to, as a new beer release we don't normally do new beer releases but they've just uh they've just released um the byron bay Pale Lager nationally, and we remember what happened the last time Byron <laughs> Brewery released a Byron Bay Pale Lager nationally. So we might do a bit of a compare and contrast about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. anyway, um, so so that was that was my uh, my trip with uh, Stephen Beaumont. Excellent. And just before we do get into the news, a shout out uh, and a stay safe to all of our friends uh, in throughout northern New South Wales and uh, around. I know the sunny coast is uh, struggling a little bit at the moment with some. Uh, uh, bushfires and such, so the stay safe. The themselves are pretty safe, but yeah, on Monday night, um, we're recording this on the Friday, but on the Monday night uh, this week when we had the meet and greet, um, a couple of brewers had to leave because you know they're getting texts. They were right in the um, watch and act um, uh, area, so uh, yeah. yeah and and even if the even if the breweries themselves, the bricks and mortar are safe, you um you, you always there's always that risk that you know. Uh, you're going to lose some of your uh, custom for a little while. You know, people have got uh, other expenses and waiting on insurance claims and all the rest of the stuff. So, um, yeah, thinking of you all and uh, stay safe. Now, Matt, um, now I like a beer as much as the next man. And as I looked through the, the headlines, I thought, okay, there's a bit here. There's a yeah, brand modified, yeah, blah, alcohol companies, digital marketing. But then all of a sudden, last night, I'm uh, prepping dinner and um, listening to my favourite afternoon radio station, Grumpy Old Man Radio Station, <laughs> as my girls lovingly call it. And uh, now there's some interesting news about VB, and uh, we're crossing out a founder of Australian Brews News. We've got on the line Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. We got, that's my line, Tom. What are you... Well, not and only thought, your line, hey, that's, but that's your that's spot. That's my radio spot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Well, yesterday there was a, a teaser, you know, I'm... It, 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 it always seems to happen, big news drops when you're least able to um, give it your full attention. So, uh, you know, in Byron Bay, Stephen, big day planned, suddenly get this media release, uh, VB's changing. Um, you know, please find attached the media release and a little bit of uh, additional comments. VB's changing uh, for the better. We're very concerned that, you know, what we did last time didn't go well, but, you know, Trust us, this time we've actually consulted and people are going to love what we're, the, the, the changes that we're making to VB. And, uh, Cynic, cynical PR exercise or brilliant marketing, as it's, as it's turned out? Uh, well, look, again, um, because I was racing through it, I didn't have time to really devote to it. Um, and you know, it, it, it's one of the things that I hate about um, the, the business of what we do as opposed to the thing that we do. And, you know, unfortunately, um, as much as... Brews News doesn't do um, clickbait headlines as, we, as, as we've discussed in the past. We do still like to be seen um, as 
timely um, and relevant because people want to get their news. And whilst we never want to be the f- necessarily want to be the first with anything, we want to be you know when we do publish, we want to be the site that people can rely on to have the story or the deeper story. Um, and so I was a little bit distracted yesterday when this thing comes in. And there was just something that didn't smell right. We thought, well, we'd better get this up. There's not much details. We're going to dig into it. Story to come. And so, you know. Now, Matt, what, what, what you probably missed after, um, after your chat was the, uh, it was the talk back. And it was, you know, it was shags from, um, you know, Sheep Dip three hours out of Melbourne who, you know, oh, mate, when it happened last time, I stopped drinking VB. I yep. just don't drink it anymore. You know, I just drink crownies now. And and, it's, and, and all the talk was the, all the about... The Facebook page. They absolutely. can't afford to change it. Oh, they're, 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 oh, I bet they're going to drop the alcohol. And they talked about the tax and the excise and all that sort of thing. Oh, they're going to change the flavour. Oh, they're going to change the can again, all that sort of thing. And lo and behold, um, yeah, unveiled this morning. Uh the, the green can is, is going slightly greener. He's going green with environmental. And look, that's the thing, Pete. It was, you know, in, in, in turn, give them full credit. They, um, you know, they, they, they played to some, you know, misperceptions, not, not, not misperceptions, they played to some mistakes that they'd made in the past and they subtly played to all of those prejudices against big breweries that they don't give a shit about um, the beer, um, and that they were going to chat, that the accountants were going to take over and they were going to change it. And so they had everybody talking. Um, and then today, it, it was an announcement that would otherwise have been a couple of trade publications would have covered it. You know, they've, they've got grain, they've got every beer drinker in Australia, um, even if it's just sneeringly, they're talking about it. And uh, so, yeah, full credit to them. Um, so the, the story was that the parent company, AB InBev, currently, um, <laughs> pro- provisional, brackets asterisks um are going uh, signing a 12-year agreement to purchase uh solar power from a facility that's going to be built in mildura i'm not quite sure how they're going to get it via mobile phone signal how how do you actually get the the pack given that we we can't develop batteries at the moment that won't stay charged for more than 18 minutes how does it are they moving up there, Matt? Is that the next thing that we're going to, you know? Mate, I have not had a chance to fully digest. <clears throat> they did also the... announce that they're going to put, I should point out to our listeners, um, that they're going to clad uh, the Abbotsford Brewery in solar panels as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, they, they have been investing. And over the last couple of years, um, we've done one or two things where they've got a significant solar farm in Victoria and you know, they, the, the um, Yaddala Brewery has been one of the most water efficient breweries in the world for some time. Um, I think, you know, they, they... I think they hold records, don't they? Uh, yeah, I, I, I never like to say... Look, that. certainly, we used to talk, when you and I first started doing this, I remember we used to, the 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 base number was something like, it took four litres of water liters, to yeah. make one litre of beer. That was kind of like the, you know, the base measurement. Um, and Yatla certainly have got that down to... Is it almost one-on-one? I, I, it's only marginally over one. Um, and when yeah. you consider you can't really get below um, 90, you know, 0.9 of a litre to make a litre of beer because... Um, or 0.95, we'll have that argument later, Pete. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, they're, they're pretty efficient. Um, and But it's not interesting. It's not sexy. Um, it's good for the environment. It's a shame that something that is potentially so good for the environment isn't sexier, but, you know, it, 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 it's not big news. So uh, they, they've done a very, very good job of making it. Um, you know, and, of course, it's not just VB. VB is the brand that um, probably needs a little bit of love and a little bit of uh, attention, but this will flow through to all of the CUB brands. Yeah, well, particularly since at, the, at Brucon, one of the presentations from Scott McNaughton from IRI Data showed that VB, I think, is now fourth um the once the proud number one yeah absolutely it's uh fourth um and fourth. and also it was also i think 10th or something in terms of um of of growth or lack of growth or whatever it was it was, okay. it was further back yeah so it's great great northern um super crisp the 3.5 then it was 4x gold, gold then is, yep yeah, it was the second one. Uh, Furphy, I think, might have been up in the top five. No, it would be one of the fastest though. growing, but it uh, was Corona. Corona was the fourth. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, yeah. So there you go. Um, um, anyway, so that's it, VB. Well done to them. Um, they well, well played, gents. That's it. We listened this time. <laughs> and uh, 
and you changed. And uh, <laughs> but, yeah, well, good on. But actually, throwing throw us a nice curveball for a change. Oh, and while, while we're talking about that, I would just throw. Actually, there are two things, and this is where we'll bring in the um, uh, compare and contrast and run off script a little bit. Did you see before Father's Day any promo around Great Northern? Don't recall. Um, now I got a media release as my uh, my fondness for Great Northern um, is well known. Uh, I'm, so I'm just quickly trying to see if I can find the the, the, the details. Um, you know, don't when, take too long finding the details because you've got to edit this shit. Remember, I, I know that. Joe's 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 off this week. Joe's off this week, um, but I do know. Um, I, I do, I've got it here. Um, the uh, Great Northern. Would, We'll do this in one take, you <laughs> no, I'm not going to cut this out. This is our sausages are made, Pete. Um, but, I mean, if just stop distracting me so I can just Sexist. get on with it. <laughs> um, sausages. Okay. Great Northern, not a huge fan. Um, very little interesting to say about it. We did talk about it when suddenly they put, uh, got women into the advertising. They made a big thing about the fact that their advertising now contained women, um, which is kind of like... Look at us, we're making changes. The I, I got a media release talking about a beer ad depicting, um, uh, you know, a father and son going away for Father's Day. Again, threw it in the um, recycling bin. Not interested, nothing to see here. Um, but then I just happened to be sitting uh, with my daughter in, a, in, in watching a movie and this cinematic ad came on b- before the um, feature. And... You knew straight away that it was a beer ad because beer ads have that feel, um, and it was a father and a son um, who were, uh, you know, going camping or sort of talking about, you know, reminiscing about growing up camping, and it was, and, and straight away you know that it's a beer ad just because of the look and feel of it. But there was something about it that was just genuinely captivating because the son, um, it, on one hand, it's celebrating outdoor life that beer ads always have. From memory, uh, the, video, the the son was Daniel Gordiello um, and his dad, uh, Luigi. But I believe that, I'm just trying to confirm it, but Gordiello was the principal of the Australian Ballet. Um, so not somebody who is, you know, not, not one of the buffy footballers. It was somebody who was very, very soft. It was sort of very, very... Um, you know, gentle, genuine. He was talking about how he was re- reconnecting with his dad, promised his dad when he had cancer. On one hand, you know, all of the violins are playing, but it was beautifully done. Whoever did the creative for it, it was taking a very, very common beer trope, something that is very, very much a part of Great Northern's core, core line is, you know, being out in the outdoors and suffering every element of what is these days called toxic masculinity and giving a really, you know, it was the father and son being very, very affectionate, you know, physically affectionate uh, towards each other um, in, in a really, really positive, thoughtful way that, you know, at the end of it, you sort of have to say bravo to them for a, a beer whose marketing I normally you know, have great fun tearing apart and laughing at. They did it beautifully. So, uh, yeah, like just it's one of those credit where credit credits due things there you go maybe the the worm has turned and maybe you know big beer is starting to take its cues from uh, the creativity and uh, innovation and let's face uh, it it has to craft um, beer yeah it, it, it absolutely has to it has to remake itself and you know having you know made a career out of bashing uh, big beer for being so um wedded to the you know rusted on beer drinkers um to, to, to take a beer that you know arguably uh, targets them, um, it, they, they, they did a really, really good job. Um, and you know, for, for those no. of, of our listeners, I won't mention any names who, you know, um, like to sort of uh, say, oh, you shouldn't cover them, you're just giving them fuel. Credit where credit's due. That's it. So uh, so we've ticked off, yeah, the Father's Day, lovely ad, uh, the beer from up there, here, for uh, here, wherever. <laughs> Plus uh, VB and... Um, doing its bit for sustainability. Yeah. Hey, Matt, do you know who else is doing their bit for sustainability? In, in, in a pro- way that could apply to just about any brewery that was uh, brewery owner that was listening. 
any any brewery, large or small, that'd be Unleashed Software. Their um, sustainability package, um, they've got an inventory tracking. Um, it's uh, efficient purchasing production, and it helps breweries reduce waste and cons- and consequently produce fresher drops. And that's, you know, we do talk uh, from time to time, Pete, that, you know, small breweries like to say they do some things better than big breweries, and undoubtedly they do. Um, but there is always that argument that big breweries, by their scale, can nail the efficiency thing uh, very well. And anything that will give a small brewery or a smaller brewery or an expanding brewery um, the ability to become more efficient and more sustainable, uh, you know, sort of really is a, you know, feather in the cap to all of their other efforts. Exactly. And it's, it's uh, I guess, echoes things like um, 10 years ago, you know, the big breweries had the efficient um, canning lines, for example. Uh, smaller breweries couldn't get them because they were, you know, the size of a football field and you couldn't fit it in your brewery. But now you we have, have the money. That's right. But now we have the innovation to say, well, let's make canning machines on a much smaller scale. And you look at somewhere like um, who I think we're going to mention later on in the in the in the gig, um, Urban Alley. Anyone who's been there, um, they're able to wheel in um, their third party uh, canning line provider uh, into where the restaurant goes and kind of feed it into the into the brew house. Uh, you would never have been uh, you wouldn't have thought that possible. And so Unleashed Software sort of gives you those sort of advantages uh, now that only the big brewers had. In times gone by, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking, speaking of modification, but actually, Matt. but but just to finish that off, uh, okay. you know, if you want to learn how Unleashed can help you run and grow your brewery, um, go visit unleashedsoftware.com forward slash brew. Um, and uh, I, I met uh, some of the guys at BrewCon, and uh, lo- lo- lovely guys, and they are very keen to chat and see how they can help your brewery. And uh, and, we, and we thank them for helping us to make Brews News possible, Radio Brews News possible. That's it. Uh, they're international too, aren't they? Uh, based in New Zealand, so there were some uh, very good Kiwi accents on display. But you had a, a good chat with Maria Pearman, who is involved with Unleashed Software. Who as doesn't, a... No, doesn't, she no. doesn't work with them. Well, I did a chat with her because her chat was looking at Clients, know the cost right. of your beer. And just because she has a, um, a interest in brewery economics and a lot of the things that Unleashed says that... And it, add over, this is just us discussing... Um, uh, yeah, they flew her out, um, and it was an interesting presentation based on what the economics and the actual cost, and how you know the actual cost of the beer that goes into the bottle. Because last year at um, Brewcon, there was an accounting firm that gave a presentation, and uh, we did a summary of their presentation that we we covered. And I yeah, because I was trying to look at the true cost of, of beer, but based on well, they a, said a few that they pieces. Yeah, they, they they said they were, and there was a whole lot of assumptions that they'd made that um, you know professional brewers um, jumped in and said that, that the you know they they were saying to us that our article discorded, and we had to sort of we we're just reporting on what was said at the conference, um, but that certainly coloured in a lot of stuff. So um, it was. Very interesting to see that Maria came out and gave that presentation, and uh, yeah, we have a bit of a chat to her just about the economics of running a beer, of, of running a brewery. Um, but that, yeah, no, she doesn't work for Unleashed. Uh, was just uh, very much, I guess, her book and what they're doing was very much aligned. There you go. Uh, Matt Deschutes uh, unveiled a new just, FMB. Just oh, before we move on to that, the, the other one I'm going to throw in as we talk about the compare and contrast um, VB Great Northern. Um, Last week, I got a media release um, right at the height of BrewCon, got a media release saying that Byron Bay Brewery uh, is going large nationally with um, their pale lager. Now, Prof, I'm not sure if you remember the last time that Byron Bay Lager went... uh, No, it rings a bell. I think maybe a map. Uh, on the a map on a carton on the label was um, was the cause of uh, perhaps some controversy because it it tended to, to suggest it hinted in a very obscure way no, no, oh, yeah, no, no, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll... there was a big arrow pointing to the brewery <laughs> saying 200 meters from the beach it not suggesting that that's where the beer came from whereas in fact it came from down here yeah um, yeah yeah so it was uh, it, it was interesting um, to, to receive that because I I can't remember. I might have teed off on CUB once or twice after that. Um, uh, yeah, certainly gave them a bit of stick about VB and changing it, and uh, you know, a bit of point the finger and laugh at them. Um, but it would be fair to say that when that Byron Bay thing came out, um, that was when I went into full on um, crazy, you know, tin tinfoil hat mode. 
I, well, it, it wasn't tinfoil hat because look, I, I'm, I'm willing to. No, no, true. It wasn't actually crazy conspiracy conspiracy right. theories. No. But I, 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 I very much uh, stormed the uh, stormed the citadel, um, pointing out that this was just over the top. Um, this was just wrong, um, and I had a sustained series of articles. Um, uh, you know, pointing that this was just completely over the top and this was a big brewery being deceptive and that the coverage eventually came to the um, notice of the ACCC and it's the only time the ACCC that, in, that I can remember in my entire career um, has found against a brewery for anything you know, on a competition sense and they fined them $25,000 um, and... They had to sort of issue an apology and change their marketing and all that. So it was a it was a very sensitive thing. By coincidence, yesterday Stephen and I were in Byron Bay as we're driving. I said, oh, "Look, mate, probably should just swing past you know, this brewery so you can see this is Lion Strategy. They have these small little breweries in regional areas. They see what blows up and they you know, sort of use the sort of small little brewery to." Um, to go large and, and I have to say Stephen was very very impressed with a couple of Alistair's uh, beers down there and they were tasting very very good not so much the Byron Bay Pale Lager um, but within half an hour of leaving the brewery I got a text and an email from uh, Lions head of communications saying I believe you've just visited the brewery you know is there anything that you can that we can help out with and I think they were a little bit sensitive to the fact that I'd um uh, stop by unannoannounced there you go tasted I wonder beer. if I wonder if that'll happen when we go to the states anyway uh well, but, but, uh, sorry on, on that point though the, the one thing I'll say is oh, that because I, I, I did ask but <laughs> you need to know the background before you can understand the point and I'm only going to explain it once um, I'm are you just making yourself a cup of coffee now <laughs> well okay. <laughs> No, go on. When CUB released the Byron Bay Brewery last time, they name-checked the, 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 the brewer. They talked about beautiful Byron Bay. They talked about this release almost follows that formula. They're invoking the you know people's memories of Byron Bay. They're um, you know talking about um, the, the, the brewer who brews on site. Um, there is one little line at the end of um, the, the media release that says, if you're drinking it locally, um, the beer has been made at our Byron Bay brewery. If, you know, and we also use other breweries in the uh, Byron Bay um, network, in, in, in the, the, the Lion network, to, to, to brew um, for elsewhere. And so they do say that it's potentially brewed elsewhere. But even that, I think, is... Pretty deceptive because my understanding is that the Byron Bay Brewery, um, the council requirements on it, they cannot make beer to sell off-site. So the only place that you will ever drink um, beer that comes out of the brewery um, in Byron is in the Byron Bay Brewery. If you're drinking it at you know any other pub in Byron or its surrounds, it's come from Sydney, and it's not some tiny little brewery in the um, uh, line portfolio. It's Lidcombe. Um, it's a green glass bottle. Um, you know, all of these things that I, I didn't ask uh, Alistair um, whether that the Byron Bay version uses uh, light stabilizing hops or not, you know, hop extracts or not, but the the, the green bottle version does. So, you know, it's it they're probably not as bad as. The, the, the previous in, in, incarnation, but they are still very much trying to draw, corporately, not on, on, on the Byron Bay range, they're very much trying to draw the, um, you know, heartstrings of Byron and apply it to a national brand whilst keeping the true story of the beer a little bit under wraps. There we go. Is that enough for a big beer, do you think? That's the first story, and we've, we've managed to give them three hits. Yeah, but we, we right, go. But it's necessary. We so go where good. the news is, Pete. But we're, moving right along, Deschutes unveils a new <laughs> FMB brand modified theory, uh, a new brand called Modified Theory. Um, Deschutes is looking beyond beer and outside of its own brand for its big innovation of 2020. Uh, this is an interesting one. So, Modified Theory, 
um, a line of flavoured malt beverages. So that's what your FMB is, folks, um, during its annual distributor summit. Speaking to Brewbound last week, Deschutes VP of Marketing, Neil Stewart, said the company was searching for, quote, true white space in the FMB segment, as many of its competitors flood the market with hard seltzers and canned cocktails. So modified theory, Matt. This will get your uh, your juices flowing. It checks in at 5.5% ABV, and it comes in three flavours. Tahitian lime agave, Taroko orange vanilla, and Northwest berry lavender. And I wonder whether Northwest berry is actually Marion berry. We, 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 I'm going to try to get you either a beer or actual Marion berries made from Marion berries um, <laughs> when we go to Portland because I, okay. I sought them out, and it was, it was really hard to to actually find Marion Berries. Um, the brand was inspired by trends in craft cocktails and mixology, and the packaging suggests it can be drunk straight, served on the rocks, or treated as a mixer. And it's fair to say that the Radio um, Brews News Facebook crew got onto this deluxe this week. Okay, mate. Now, and, and because people do want to jump on it, but let me... Um, I'm go- Okay, I'm going to uh, read out a media release that I was forwarded yesterday by Stephen Beaumont. Um, at my request, because there was a much discussion going on uh, in our time. But I'm going to read out a media release that I blank out the name of the brewery and tell me which brewery makes this beer. For okay, limited, you can do it. okay, go on. For a limited time, X Brewing announces a sneak peek of Buna Visa Salt and Lime Lager. This Baja-inspired lager isn't the first time X Brewers have snagged a cross-border inspiration, but... Uh, Excavaza has been a season staple since uh, 2014, bringing the rich, complex flavours of Mexican hot chocolate to beer. It's a mucho gusto that the team's brewers followed with a take on a classic lager that's a similar, that's similarly inspired and equally memorable in flavour. The beer is now available in California only. Um, Bunaveza oh, okay. Salt and Lime Lager was born in a small batch brewing at X Brewing. It's there that brewers go through their daily routine of defying genres and coaxing the extraordinary from the ordinary. Which brewery, Pete? Oh, sorry, a wedge of lime on the rim of the lager is a status quo, if not trite. But this lager, brewed with lime and with just the right add of salt, takes on unexpected qualities that ratchet up the Baja influence. Well, when I heard when I first heard Baja-inspired and then somehow there was chilli or mole or chocolate or something in it, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, it's got to be Moondog. Um, but then you said it's only available in California, and I don't mm-hmm. think the distribution is quite that niche at the moment. So uh, I'm going to guess California, California. Uh, it's not Stone, is it? You is it, is it Stone? You take home a prize, sir. Yes, it is. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Stone, Buena Vesa, Salt and Lime Lager. But isn't this... What is it? Buena, buena Cerveza. It's a good beer. Uh, buena... Buena, B-U-E-N-A. Buena Veza, uh, so Buena, B-U-E-N-A, V-E-Z-A, so not Cerveza, so but I guess... Oh, Buena Veza, as yeah. in, so like Cerveza, which is... I, I, I presume so, bit, yeah. Espanol for beer. But isn't beer. this a brewery that didn't want to, that lager beer, yellow lager is for sissies? You know, yeah, you're not worthy. Lime, and, and this is a lime... This is a... This is... What did they... What was the descriptive for the, the, in that first bit of the something... Um, so Mexican style or lime, if, lime and lager. If, if uh, brew, it's there that brewers go through their daily routine of defying genres and coaxing so. the extraordinary from the ordinary. The beer at hand is no exception. A wedge of lime on the rim of a lager is status quo, if not trite. But this lager is brewed with lime. That's emphasised in the media release, and uh, just the right amount of salt. Um, no mention of okay, no right. mention of the hops that are used in this beer, Pete. Um, would you need hops with that much citrus? Uh, what, but I don't know. But isn't they this take a, the place of? How, what's, what's it, how what's extreme the can you take a lime and salt and a, a, a lime and lightly salted lager? Um, you know, this is the brewery that wanted to test your metal with their hop regimes. Um, arrogantly. Arrogantly, yes. So literally and metaphorically. Well, there you go. Let me see. But yeah, so so I'm not sure how we quite got onto that. Um, to be honest. But, yeah, there you go. Oh, no, Deschutes Brewery. So, yeah, so um, talking about Deschutes Brewery, and I, I, I raise that not to have a kick at Stone specifically, but it's always a uh, side benefit. Um, the, you know, when you say what's a, fl- a flavoured malt beverage, um, and you're talking about Tahitian lime agave, um, troco orange vanilla, and northwest berry lavender, um, if, if, if it's a malt base, I presume it's, you know, sort of beer at some level. 
how, how does that change from some of the ridiculously extreme juicy IPAs that we're seeing that taste like mango syrup? Well, yeah, arguably it's going the other way. It's going for a, a very, a more broadly uh, popular, uh, you know, lower, moderate flavour where you're basically using fruit to mimic yeah. the hops or, or to replace the, the hops and give you something that's, you know, um, perhaps for those who get a little bit of palate fatigue from the, the high, and let's face it, Stone does better than most, um, probably on par with, in my opinion, my humble opinion, you know, uh, the Dogfish Heads and, and those sorts of uh, breweries, the, the really hop-driven and, and really getting the, the personality of, of the hop into the, into the beer. But to the average drinker, they can be a little bit taxing. Um, so is this just going for, okay, there's the white space. I'm, I'm assuming that there's there's what? a lot of noise in that in the other space. So we're gonna we're gonna move to to the other end. Good and, luck and, to them. And that was, look, that, that was my we, point. We might try it when we're in. Um, in we'll, we'll, uh, we'll absolutely try the the yeah. Well, we'll try that, and we'll also try the um, stone beer um, while we're there. But the, yeah, the I, I think... let you in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon there's a, a picture of you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've never actually met Greg. So yeah. Hopefully there's not. But anyway, but but the, the the point that this was making is that beer geeks want to sneer, um, and you know all of the Facebook groups you know want to sneer at malt flavored beverages and stuff like that. But it was interesting listening to the Steal This Beer podcast, and I can't remember the name of the German brewer, and I won't waste time going to look for it. But go and listen to it. They spoke to one of the original um, Berliner Weiss brewers um, from Germany, and he was very dismissive um, of the American. Goza Berliner Weiss. You you're not. It's not the style. It is Merrick. You should call it something else because yes, you've taken something that is traditionally German, um, that sometimes you could add flavored syrups to, but you have made it a fruited drink, which you know it, 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 it's more fruit than drink quite often, um, particularly if you start adding all all of the juices to it. And again, to something that Stephen Beaumont talked about. The, the, the big trend is a lot of brewers in this quest for novelty, in this quest for hype and chasing these markets is infantilizing beer. And I don't think that when you see brewers like Deschutes, and Deschutes is still independent. Do you know, Prof? Is it one? Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. So so they're an independent brewery. And it is as, as brewers seek to get a return on their massive capital investment they are going to start playing in a whole range of other areas, whether it's hard cider or hard teas. And Claire wrote a really great story on um, uh, Four Pines hard tea. Yeah, they're, they're playing in that space. Um, we are going to see these uh, beverages and even breweries like Stone and Wood have got interest in kombucha and hard kombucha and they've got cider. They're broadening um, and hedging, you'd, you'd think, against any declines in their, their, their core ranges. Um, and it, it, it's just good business um, in a way but the more that it goes on and when you see something as extreme as Deschutes because in the same media release quite apart from sounding like a big brewery um, media release talking about true white space and things they also talked about bringing out a you know a sporting beer that's a four percent low carb um, low calorie low alcohol beer for sportsmen that again um, is very different to, to what brewers craft brewers particularly and it was filled with uh, marketing jargon there is, they are starting to sound and act like the big multi-beverage companies that craft nominally rebelled against in the early days of craft beer. Um, and the more that the industry comes to look like the big brewers, what is the unique point of difference? What is the selling point? What engages the passion of consumers that drove the flowering of craft beer um, in, in, in its early days. That's that, yeah. that's the relevance of that to me. Yeah, and it really highlights the importance of, you know, okay, independence is great, but how do we how do we market that? How, you know, because you can't taste it and uh, it, it's a bit sort of ephemeral. Uh, craft needs to just sort of stick true and um, I, I guess forge its own course. And uh, the next five years will be very interesting um, from that point of view. Yep. I think. Um, now, also from our Facebook group, from uh, regular contributor Daniel Ridd, uh, he alerted us to um, a, a campaign, uh, are alcohol companies using digital marketing to target minors? 
the campaign says our digital environments and social networks are inundated with predatory ungated marketing of addictive and harmful products alcohol companies capitalize on high-tech advertising models to track profile and target children and young people that it's not on won't somebody think of the children <laughs> let's face it, 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 it every social media is doing exactly those things for all of us um but the one thing that you, you can say about social media um and ABAC particularly um is the requirement that signatories age gate all of their stuff um and you know it but before um i was invited to a, a campaign late last summer I had to, you know, because so many of them are Instagrammers, I had to provide the PR company with what is the breakdown of my social media, what is the age. I didn't even know you could find out what the average age of your social media following is. And I think I was 99 point something percent over 18s. Um, and I think the... I thought you were going to say 99-year-olds. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's you, mate. Uh, no, but, uh, and, and I think the, the one or two... Um, under 18 people who were, were my daughters. Um, you know, so I can probably get away with that because they see a lot more um, alcohol than what they see in my social media feed. But, yeah. you, know, and, you know, public billboards, advertising, all that sort of, like it's just, I don't know. I just think it's it's a parent's responsibility to, uh, I have a family member who, as we were growing up, so kids should be allowed to watch anything as long as they're watching it with their parents. And I think there's, I think there's something to that. You should be able to debrief. You should be able to uh, ask questions of your kids and say, oh, did you, did you notice that sign back there? What did you think of it? Or yeah. if they sort of say, oh, Dad, what does this mean? You should be able to engage in, you know, um, meaningful discussion. And you know, every every step of the journey is a, a learning experience. And and model for your children the behaviour that you know. And if, if that's you, it. If, but the more we try to hide it, you know, geez, yeah, prohibition worked beautifully, didn't it? If your kids see you down a six pack and jump in the car, odds are that they're going to do the same thing, you know, yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, so, you know, it, it was a great uh, get from Daniel Rigg because I hadn't seen that. But then there was another one that, that came through as well. Uh, somebody, uh, a Western Australian association that has its own alcohol complaints procedure um, that they've got absolutely no standing. They've got absolutely no um, buy-in. Um, but it is just a showpiece for the anti-alcohol groups to complain to themselves, issue their own um, findings um, against the industry. When and, and it, it 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 highlights how irrelevant and how how extremist some of these uh, anti-alcohol groups are becoming. Um, and it, it it's been a real um, talking point over the last two, three, four months, you know, with the conversation we've had with people like Jane uh, Lewis um, from Two Birds. And I touched, caught up with her very quickly at um, BrewCon again, talking about how her approach to alcohol has fundamentally changed. Um, you can hear these really important, genuine um, conversations taking place in the alcohol industry and the beer industry especially that are changing the way that people natively and organically talk about beer and promote beer and think about beer and the duty of care that they show towards their staff around events and all of these things that are leading to a very, very significant, meaningful change in drinking culture more broadly if it continues. FAIR is actually, and, and FAIR and these bodies are actually the ones who are becoming more and more you know, irrelevant because they refuse to acknowledge the good that, that is taking place and the declines and helping to be a positive contributor to that because they are just strident um, to the point of irrelevancy. Um, yeah, yep. Geez, it's symptomatic of getting modern aware. society. It's, you're wearing it down. <laughs> but yeah, look, you can't, you know, you can't be relevant. You can't exist unless you create, you know, unless you have a, a defined enemy. And even if you have to create that enemy, um, you know, as so many do nowadays, to to justify their own existence, and eventually they're going to just disappear up their own bum. So. Well, it, no, they won't, because they are creating the problem that they want to cure. Um, because you know, these guys are these guys have no fear. The the only fear that these guys have is that their business, which is alcohol research, is going to be seen as less important for government funding because. 
the country is moving in the right direction. Their argument about big brewers is big, big brewers and spirits makers are trying to protect their patch because they make profits. They are both exactly the same. The only difference is the alcohol industry, and particularly the beer industry, is terrified about being about government imposing bad regulation on them, and so they are cleaning up their own house. Um, the the anti-alcohol bodies aren't. They're trying to create bogeymen to keep their government funding um, coming. Um, and and it, it hates me to say that because as somebody who's been very outspoken about the irresponsible practices of big breweries, um, you know, I would love to be able to work with responsible anti-alcohol bodies, but they just aren't responsible in their uh, in, in their approach. So to summarise, Matt, what you're saying is... I'm not... Well, I think we, I made it very clear, have, Prof. I don't yeah. think I need to respond. I don't think no, I need no. to... Uh, I had, a, I had a cracker then. You fucked it up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so in summary, Pete. <laughs> we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> sorry I stepped on that. I thought you had having another... See, this is what happens when you just have cheap shots at me. I just think it's going to be another one of those. That, that, that deserved um, its it, own. And I, if, if Joe was doing it, I would go back and do that whole thing again just so you could have clear air. A couple of shout-outs from uh, Byron Lots. Byron Lots, who's uh, Matt, he's also a long-time uh, supporter of our Facebook group, and he alerted us to Colorado football eliminating plastic cups at home games. So we're getting – we've come full circle. We're back to uh, sustainability. Yep. Colorado Athletics is attempting to become free of plastic containers at sporting events by 2020. Uh, it revealed a big step in that direction on Tuesday, announcing that fans drinking beer for Saturday's home opener against Nebraska won't receive their beverage in the traditional plastic cups familiar at most sporting and entertainment venues in America. So how will the beer be served? Instead, beer drinkers will receive their beverages in a newly launched aluminium cup provided by Ball, touted as infinitely recyclable. Can make a ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mate, I was very interested, and thank you to Byron, because I, this hadn't come up in my news feed, but... You know, having just come off the back of the exhibition, when I think we went through, you know, I, I think we gave away 5,000 free samples in cups, um, plastic cups, because in that sort of environment, there is just no alternative to plastic because you just don't have the infrastructure or anything there. Um, this... We at least, you know, if somebody has a sample, we gave it a rinse and then oh, yeah, when, yeah, they, yeah. when yeah. they bought a full one, we put it in that. So it wasn't 5,000 extras. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, but you know, like if, if if you had these aluminium cups, that you could give a sample in the aluminium cup, um, and then you know that yeah, that, not, that's fine. Top it up. Yeah, they're, they're they're just not being wasted. But then you know, but even even if they sort of say, you, know, you could then ask the question: Look, are you going to have more than one? Because um, with this system, we don't have to waste a cup. You can just sort of bring this back to us afterwards. Um, you know, and, and you can, if you can get some buy-in, I think it's $2 is added to the cost of the thing up front, then you get a dollar back when you um, return. Reuse it. When, when you reuse it. And there you, go. Um, you, you need consumer buy-in, um, and it would be very interesting to see just how engaged consumers are in this sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it, this sounded like a fantastic scheme that I would love to, uh, to, to see how we, can, uh, how we could activate it for, for the exhibition. Yeah. Yeah, let's give it a let's let's look into it. Uh, maybe somebody, one of our sponsors, perhaps, or one of our listeners, uh, might have might be able to steer us in a direction to perhaps look at something that we can do there. Because it's also a great a great branding opportunity as well. Because if somebody's going to carry that around, yeah, absolutely. But they're it's, carrying somebody's brand. And, and I don't know whether they they're like little cans, um, you know, whether they're you know like a, a or is it an aluminium like in a cup shape. Because yeah. obviously, to be able to stack them, because then you then you're saving on space. Yeah. Um, in terms of storage, and because otherwise you, you you're then kind of losing a lot of your gains by transporting a lot of air around. Exactly. And Whereas, look, I don't um, keep a lot of beer merch, as you know, but one thing I often do do when I'm walking through a, a brewery is I'll grab a, like a can blank, um, you know, one of the, the unfilled cans because they make great, you know, for, for a beer writer. Um, pencil holder. Pencil yep. holder on your desk. You know, nice little point. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at my Fiji bitter one right now, my 60th anniversary Fiji bitter one. Good to see Brad Rogers. No, no, that was actually uh, um, my tour there last year. Oh, there you go. Um, so, but anyway, yes, and and but they they do cop a bit of a hiding, um, and and they, they they do bend. So I don't know infinitely recyclable. Um, I would really like to see just how robust they are before I. Well, 
infinitely recyclable is different oh, recyclable. to reusable. Reusable, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so presumably, yeah, you could reuse them as many, you know, during the game, for example. But then if you left it in a in a recycling bin on the way, you can be assured that that, um, that can can then be recycled into another can, presumably. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the one of the advertising opportunities might be, you know, on the can for us, Matt, might be beer cartel, and um, they sponsor our letter of the week. I don't know if you know. Um, all letter writers uh, will receive a Bruce News bottle opener, not as good as the uh, the one that you know um, you might have seen on the <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> my my uh, from Rodenbach. Yes. Made made from a two hundred year old fooder. Uh, well, a hundred year old um, fooder, but as as uh, Rudy's assistant said to me, it, it's from six hundred year old timber because the oak trees um, were. Oh, some of them date back to the eleven hundreds. Yeah, you're and, saying eleven uh, seventy or something. Just, just yeah, for yeah. those who didn't see, yeah, I was, I was given wood. a when I and listen out for that uh, podcast. It is an abs. It was a joy to be. It, it, it's straight away number one. Interview. Sorry to everyone else I've interviewed over nine years of Radio Brews News, but speaking to Rudy was just one of those rare experiences. Rare moments. Yeah, he's a, he was a terrific bloke. And thank you to um, Bintani for making all that possible, Matt. The um, from the live from the the Bintani Green Room Studio. Yeah. Which is good, but yeah, back on the floor next year, I reckon. Uh, in, Brisbane, in Brisbane, mate. We can probably do it from your place. We'll be in Brisbane. Yeah. So, absolutely. <laughs> Although, yeah, that would be a, a little bit... Anyway. But anyway. Uh, all yes. letter writers will receive a Brews News bottle opener and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. And, Matt, I was very chuffed. Um, I was a little bit late to the party, so apologies for... Um, for not replying to these because uh, I, I just I didn't check Facebook for three or four days while Brewcom was on and, and then afterwards was um, still a little bit busy tidying things up for um, for the IBA um, in terms of looking after volunteers and things. And um, I put a call out during our podcast that we recorded, our, our episode of, of Good Brews Week, uh, getting our listeners to suggest some names for beer made from recycled water. And it is fair to say, Matt, they hit the ground <laughs> running. They did not miss and they have not let us down. Um, now, don't let Brewdog hear any of these uh, because they might steal these ideas. They're that good. That's it. That's it. <laughs> some of these were just really, really good. Um, so responses to our challenge to market the recycled water beer. Um, so uh, Wade Curtis mentioned, uh, so multi-brown ale. All good marketing starts with product design, and I think just maybe they picked the wrong beer style. Uh, Rob McDonald, Poo Brew, the beer for you. Um and then he's got an asterisk, as long as you're over 18 and enjoy responsibly. The only change I'd make to that, Rob, would be um, uh, Poo Brew, the beer from you, <laughs> <laughs> rather than for you. Um, Daniel Ridd, even shit beer can be good. Yeah, good, good. Um, Tom Eastall, um, VB, VB rebranding, question mark. No, that, that's hitting a little bit below the, below the belt. Um, it may be boring, but it's not shit beer. Well, uh, v, v, VB Lord Josh going Kostinick, from green to brown. Call it a, call it a farmhouse ale. Yeah, I'll see what we do there. Yeah. But this one, it's not often, Matt, that I loll out loud. But when I read Jeremy McMahon's, because I'm thinking, oh, somebody's got to come up with like a really, you know what I'm like. I, yeah. I love a, a good pun. I love a good segue. Uh, Jeremy McMahon, in accordance with the... <laughs> you can't even say it now. <laughs> with the Ryan Heitschgebottom, the beer purity law. Just like, that was just gold. Jeremy... Like was, had I had time, so, mate, that... Can we give him a, a, a no? A we'll mixed give a special pack? prize. No, this is a, a special prize for that. Um, yeah, no, we'll we'll work something out. But uh, he absolutely gets letter of the week. Um, so that, that was an absolute classic. So just um, just in case you it, missed it through <laughs> through Prof's chortling. Sorry, it's uh, use brewed in accordance with the Ryan Heitzker bottom, the beer purity law. Um, so yes, very very clever. It, 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 it's it's well yeah. done. It, so that Jeremy, ticks so many boxes. Send us your uh, mailing address uh, because we. I'm going to go through the Bruce News prize cupboard, and in addition to the bar blade and the six pack, um, I'm going to even potentially. I'm, I'm going to send you a beer mat, uh, signature beer glass, and a few other bits and pieces. Uh, actually, when you Jeremy, when you email us your address, let us know what shirt size you are as well, because if you just happen to be medium or large. Um, <laughs> You're in luck. Yeah, yeah. Hey, actually, Prof. Um, one of the things I might do, just just thinking out loud here, is we had our brand new merch. We were rocking our new merch that I was rather proud of, the Radio Brews News um, merch. And one of the things that we've never really done, we, the, the bar blades were to give us some merch without ever um, having to commit too much to you know t-shirts, different sizes. You need, sizes and you things, need everything yeah. from extra extra small to <laughs> in in the beer world uh, five extra large. Um, 
and it, you don't want to carry all of that um, uh, merch um, because it's very hard to work out. But what, what what I might do is, as we come to the end of the year, um, sort of do do an end of uh, season um, audit where we just sort of post a photo of the the, the shirts and then. Um, just take pre-orders um, with people letting us know what size they want because uh, Crafty Merch, um, who did those shirts for us, and actually, Prof, I don't know if you saw the Crafty Merch stand at um, uh, Brewcon. But they, I did, but I didn't get a chance to, to go and say hello. They were rocking, uh, not Thirsty Merch, but Crafty Merch um, did our shirts, but they were rocking some Deb Blue Bakes Crafty Merch uh, gingerbread biscuits as well. Oh, there you go. So yeah, um, nice but it, yeah, but uh, so we might do some shirts, um, but made to order. So if you want to rock a little bit of uh, Radio Brews news, news not noise, um, in, in time for Christmas. What do you think of that, Prof? Or listeners, certainly let us know if you sounds like a plan. In, keep uh, keep an eye out for that, uh, and don't forget to um, in terms of our mailbag, don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us uh, an email, and you too can be in the draw for the letter of the week. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel. Uh, remember too, you can join the Facebook group if you haven't already. It's called Radio Brews News, and you need the code word Soapbox. Yeah, or you, you you don't, but just let us. It yeah. just helps us. But soapbox is good. Or, or or just tell us tell us where you how you found out about us. Because the other thing, if people are finding or being referred to the um, Facebook group and discovering the podcast through that, which was an unintended benefit that I hadn't actually thought of, because we suck at. Yeah, marketing. we just assumed it was going to be people listening to the podcast and then wanting to be able to contribute, kind of like you know, like um, in real time. Strong opinions on other people's marketing suck at our own. Um, but you know someone who doesn't suck at marketing Pete Mitchum who's that Matt Um, when we were up uh, did I mention that Steve Beaumont was in town I do recall something about I might have seen a photo of 20 I I don't mention it was big news this week in my life and I was travelling around but we were up at the Sunshine Coast the Sunshine Coast Brewers um, had a a, a, a meeting with the Brewers and I was presented with a four pack of beer that had Matt on the front and I thought it was just the um Glasshouse Brewery um, presented me with a, a four pack of their strawberry. I've, now I've just got a, I don't think I've got actually a media release um, for it. So uh, we, we are covering it in, in the new beer um, uh, week. But we normally right. don't talk about new beers on, on this program. But the Glasshouse Mountains Brewery um, did a special beer. It was a strawberry sour. Um, and I thought they'd done it in my honour, but the mat on the front of the label was a Sunshine Coast serviceman who had served in Afghanistan and Iraq. And it was one of 21 cans that they did celebrating local return servicemen in their area. Um, and each of the cans... So, so same, same beer? Exactly the same but beer. But 21 different cans? 21 different cans. Or 21 different labels, Pete. Um, oh, okay. You might see where this is going. But each one had the oh. service history of well, the... a little bit slow to the party, <laughs> but, I've, but I've turned up with a six-pack. Go on. Of the person. Uh, well, it was a four-pack. Um, but uh, it was... Uh, each of the, the servicemen had their service history detailed and really celebrating the contribution that they had made you know, uh, for their service. Um, and, you know, telling a little bit about them. And I thought, you know, wow, talk about communities, uh, you know, breweries being part of their communities, celebrating the, you know, real service of people in, 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 their, in their area. Um, and what a hard thing to do, unless you partner with somebody who was able to do that, Pete. Can you think of anyone who that might be? I can think of two blokes, one named Brad and the other named Paul. <laughs> From Rowling's <laughs> labels and stickers and packaging. The only reason you was because you knew the next thing I was going to ask you was a phone number and you were thinking, now what is that one, phone number? one three hundred eight five two two three five. Exactly. one eight five two two three five. yes. And, uh, and, and I, yeah. Um, and now we've been ballsing this up a little bit the last couple of months, but I did notice that um, Rowling's labels, stickers and packaging yep. have added and packaging. Uh, and I was speaking to the guys at Brucon. They can now do different size boxes. So if you wanted to, for example, uh, send out your core range of four beers, for example, to um, you know some uh, influencers or bloggers or um, you know regular customers or media and that sort of thing, you could get them uh, boxed up in a in a box made to to size that you could then get you know stickered and whatever. Um, so the packaging is is now part of it. So that's why I think you were subconsciously throwing packaging in. 
in all the wrong well, places. Well, I wasn't. Well, I was putting it in the wrong place, but I was right to have packaging, and that's what we. Yes, exactly. Right. So that is a new a new addition to the. Uh, so it's basically what the what the guys are looking at doing is is creating a bit of a one stop shop. Yep. But again, I just thought it was a really, just before you go to, just before we go, I just thought it was a really, really clever way. And I know that Glasshouse got onto Rallings through hearing them on our podcast. Um, and so there was a really nice little closing of the loop to uh, to see the local brewery doing something really, really clever with somebody they'd found through our advertising. So brewers, yeah. uh, or, if, or if you are in the industry and you want to reach the industry, maybe give us a call. Yeah. And I know we do have to do the ads, but in all honesty, that was when you told me that was quite a surprise because I didn't even realize that you could get such just like oh, I think a small run but all of the same thing but I suppose yeah it makes sense that you could have 21 different labels uh, presumably you know you however you've got a thousand cans or 10,000 cans or whatever it is but you can label them up in then in mixed four packs or by unit or by platoon or yep. I don't know what you know like yeah. a slab's worth of um, you know, uh, and so I'm thinking of you know, footy clubs, cricket clubs, um, end of season, you know, best and fairest, or um, or even just to, I, you know, I guess to, you know, just to thank your staff. Absolutely. You, because it's not a, it's not having to, you know, pump out 21 different beers, um, but you can effectively make 21 different beers out of the same beer, yep. which is pretty cool. Um, I do have to give a quick uh, shout out uh, from BrewCon to Michael Morgan, who is a regular, and he's at beer, beer Farm. Beer farm. That's beer what it land. was. Yeah, beer yeah, yeah. Farm. Uh, beer land. No, beer land. Yes, beer, beer land. land. Yes, beer land. Um, and uh, totally blanked out. I was, uh, you know, when you're, you're you're juggling balls and herding cats and you're trying to do ten different things, and he came up and said hello as if he knew me. And then I'm looking at the, you know, I'm staring at his uh, at his lanyard and going, yeah, Michael, Matt. Michael Morgan. I go beer land. Yeah, no, it's just not clicking. Well, and it was wasn't until later that side. night. Uh, up, up until recently, he was with other side. And... That's. Yeah, but I the connection, of course, is that Michael is um, uh, a, a very loyal listener and often um, sends us uh, messages or uh, responds to to things on the on the Facebook group page. So, Michael, apologies apologies for just completely blanking out on you know you know we, you, I know you, but I just can't I just couldn't put where. And actually, on that, I'm just going to just and a lot of that happens at Brucon. I've got to say. Oh yeah, I, look, I, I leave Brucon absolutely exhausted, not for the the, the lack of sleep or anything like that. I am in a constant state of high anxiety. Um, now, listeners, if you don't... Oh, mate, I've got two working ears. I can't imagine what it's like for you to be involved in 17 different conversations and only hearing half of them. So you, half the people think, oh, oh. mate, just bloody fresh-aired me. Fair thing. It didn't even say hello. Well, that's, um, th- th- there is but, that. But the other thing, too, is that it, in the space of you know, 10 or 15 metres, you're walking along and... G'day, Prof. And you go, G'day, mate, mate, oh, mate, mate, mate. And you know their name, but you just you just don't have the time to get it quickly enough. I actually need to go... It's quite tiring. Yeah, well, I look... Um, as, uh, as possibly is this episode, Matt, yeah, for, uh, well, no, particularly for those who are on no, the treadmill. We are we right on the hour, trip? Pete. We are right oh, on the okay. hour, so it's only going to be a, a couple of... Uh, it's only going to be a little bit um, over, so just... Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't... like. Um, appearances on this podcast um, uh, um, to the contrary because I'm just speaking into a black room here I get very bad social anxiety like I've just it, and since I've uh, gone deaf in one year it's even worse because you just can't have a conversation in a noisy environment with more than one person and I think that that um, that anxiety then leads to you know a, a further anxiety and I'm so desperate to remember people's names that it almost prevents me from doing it so um, if just that's a blanket apology to anyone who I don't remember because it's yeah I am so uh, in such a high state of ang- state of anxiety that I just can't even remember names. I'm, I'm anyway that that's it. So please bear with me. I love you all. I appreciate you. I love your stories. I love meeting you. But if, if now. We don't have we don't have Joe helping us out this week because we did need to record because you were driving back from from Byron with um, with yep. special guest Stephen Beaumont, um, international beer writer, and so we were unable to record yesterday. Joe's got other commitments today, so you're having to uh, polish this turd, um, as it were, oh, this and is... and make it all. No, no, I think one take wonder. I think we've done pretty well. <laughs> there shouldn't be too many um, bits you need to cut out or tidy up. Certainly, um, I'm going to. That's it. But we. <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna not cut out the things that Joe doesn't listen to that I can't hear? Anyway, 
That was my Matt voice too. That was voice. <laughs> Listeners, let me know which parts uh, should have been cut out and whether. <laughs> I want to give the whole thing to Joe and see and and just run it side by side. And oh, see, so, so, see what's so different. So you want the director's cut and my cut? So it's kind of like. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, uh, Matt, I'm going to leave it up to you. Since Joe's not here this week, uh, leave it up to you to name the episode. And um, I, I'm sure you can pluck something. Mate, from I, I, I think Reinhardt's can bottom. I think it has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't want to... Look, it's, I don't know. I just hope we don't upset Germans. <laughs> this is now what happened the last couple of times. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that bit I, may have to go. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Um, anyway, we uh, we do thank all of our um, all of our listeners, all of our supporters, all of our sponsors to uh, Crime Alt, to Rowling's Label, Stickers and Packaging, and to Beer Cartel and Unleash Software. Thank you very much for your ongoing support. Thank you very much to Bintani also for all your support during uh, BrewCon. And uh, and as the, the the stuff coming out so far, Matt has been really sensational. I did want to have a re- bit of a chat, which we'll hold over till next week, uh, regarding your chat with Mike Benny about the um, the Drink Easy Awards. Yep, uh, think, actually, that's probably something that's worth a whole discussion in itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that was very interesting. And I'll, look, I'll be very keen to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I'm very keen to give you mine, and also very keen to see how it all. It comes out in the wash once once the awards have actually been um, run and won. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, and, and and on that note, I might even publish a link just to have a hitching post um, in the Facebook group um, for people to put their comments because no doubt all of our regular listeners will have heard it because it's been in their stream. Um, but I'll just post it to uh, the Facebook group. Please give us your thoughts on something that is a non-stylistic beer competition and we can discuss it as part of our uh, chat next week yeah and most importantly as we do every week we thank we we reserve our most special thanks and deepest thanks to you our loyal listeners for uh, making this all possible uh matt enjoy your weekend matt i'm i, I am i'm going to go a very and check rare weekend the at the office uh, i'm not even going to say ask you to say where you're going because i don't want you know people to go oh i'm going to be up that way i'm going to i'll you know wander around the streets and <laughs> reason I, I, I tell you what that. prof there has been a little bit of that it, it, you realize the the reach that the podcast has when i mentioned that oh you know we're going to portland and san diego and listeners are going hey i'm going to be in san diego roughly around then as well what dates are you going to be there um and same with Portland. So, uh, yeah, please don't tell anybody that I'm going to Noosa this weekend, Pete, because uh, people might be uh, looking out for me. Done. <laughs> you idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, enjoy your weekend off. And then, uh, yeah, you and I got a bit of a week to get stuff together and visas stamped and all that sort of I've stuff. I've got some laundry to do. <laughs> I've got yeah. some laundry to do. And uh, then we head off on our great, on Pete and Matt's big adventure. That's it. Look at the States just don't know what's going to hit them. Uh, Anyway, thanks very much uh, to all of you, and we'll see you again for the next episode. Uh, That's uh, Good Brews News for this... uh, What is it? Good Brews Week for this week. Good Brews Week uh, for for the week. Episode, mate, 236. So it's 36 episodes of this since we did our 200th episode, um, and that would make it an extra 36 beers of conversations as well, so 72 since we celebrated 200. There you go. Regular and prolific. Onwards and upwards. And we're out.